All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Time now for Coming In Hot with Brent Wallace, Bobby Ryan, and Jason York. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Brent Wallace alongside Jason York. Bobby has been given the day off. He's actually dealing with a, a family issue, uh, but we don't have time for him anyway, Yorkie. Yeah, family reasons. You can't question it. It's like kryptonite. As soon as you say that, Wally, whoa. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what's going on. Oh, he's fine. Anyway. Nah, uh, Bob's, Bob's good. Bob's all good. Uh, coming up in a sec, uh, Ron Tugnut, Tugger, as he's affectionately known, and uh, his goaltending partner, Damian Rhodes, uh, as we anxiously await to have them on the show, and your former teammates, Yorkie. This is a big day for you. you got to feel like you're taking your kids to work today. Oh, it's a great day. Just, I was roomies with Rosie on the road, and Tuggy and I had, uh, we go back a long time. Uh, just for, for some strange reason, believe it or not, I always got along well with goalies. I think because I'm a little weird too. It's just, uh, <laughs> just, it was a good, good, good relationship. But uh, no, uh, great guys, and uh, basically the two guys that, that kind of broke the mold here in Ottawa, right? It was. Tugger, we'll talk about it more when we get the boys on, but some some monumental times in, in both of their careers that are pretty cool that a lot of old school Sens fans will appreciate. And again, like we said yesterday, it is positive Sens week. We are here to bring the good vibes, you know, enough negativity, enough depression. It's January. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's do some stuff, eh, Wally? That's what we're here Absolutely. for. Absolutely. However, Yorkie. Uh, Tim Stutzler was taken off the top power play yesterday. Oh. I want to get it. I want <laughs> stop it. <Just> stop it. <laughs> I want to get into it later. So we'll see if there's enough time after your poor guy deluge of stories. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be good. It'll be good. I think Rhodesy's just dropping his... Uh, he lives out in Arizona now. He, I just got a text. He goes, I'll be out in a sec. Just dropping the kids off at school. Fair enough. So, uh, so we'll take care of some business, and then we'll start t- telling some stories. Um, Let's do it. All right. This show is always brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Uh, proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972 with 85 locations across the country through their Charm and Sister brand. Super knowledgeable. Not sure what to get? Go see them uh, at Charm Diamond Centers. They'll help you. Custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with a Charm Masterpiece program and unbeating pricing policy. Valentine's Day quickly approaching. Or for any special occasion, really, Charm Diamond Centers is the crown jewel of beautiful pieces of jewelry, including a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mined diamonds, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing. For more, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. And by BEI. Uh, our good friends, uh, heavy civil general contractors in both the public and private sectors, uh, contact Bonisher excavating for equipment rentals, aggregate and topsoil and sales, hauling and floating. Basically, they just move a lot of stuff. Uh, visit BonisherExcavating.com or give them a call, 613-432-1120. Uh, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And by Battle Axe. Uh, I just, oh, I moved that my ad off to the other side. <laughs> uh, Battlegrounds Axe Throwing over at uh, 2615 Lancaster Road. Uh, near the Science and Tech Museum. It's fun. It's safe. It's great for a party event or just something to do. It requires no practice whatsoever. Uh, just come to the Battlegrounds Axe Throwing Facility and the coaches will show you the ropes and show you how to hit the target safely. Fun for the family as well as kids 12 and up can throw with the Guardian. Book for a date night, small group, even a tournament if you want. Uh, to find a location or book your event, go to battlegrounds.com, B-A-T-L grounds.com. All right. Let's welcome in uh, our fine gentlemen, shall we? Two of the well, they they just they're part of history when it comes to Ottawa Senator Talking. Ron Tugnut and Damian Rhodes. Tugger, always at the fire. Hi, Hi Rosie. <laughs> morning. morning. Morning, boys. Rosie, we're good. We're good. Rosie, you made it. The kids are safe at school. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> all good. All good. Yeah. Um, all well, right. Where are we catching? Tuggy, right now you're in Peterborough. Yeah, Rosie, for 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 everybody for everybody watching and listen, you're in Arizona right now, aren't aren't you? Negative. Where are you? I'm Where's in living Metro Ohio. Uh, just outside Cleveland, Cleveland, right? Yeah. Exactly. Hockey hotbed. Yeah. I was just my hot. kid just had a tournament there at uh, Gilmore Academy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I just skated there on Saturday. Wow. Oh, so, are you still coaching or teach? Like, you do private coaching? Just privates. Yep. Yeah. I saw that you were in Vienna, all over the place. Well, that was Rhodesy. a long time ago. Yeah. What's 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 if I want Damien Rhodes, what's that costing me? Uh, if I want to get some privates with Rosie. <laughs> That's huge talking, money. Huge. <laughs> we talking Canadian money or American? <laughs> oh, let's I don't even want to do the exchange. Let's just talk about American dollars. You got a you website? Go to my website, yeah. What, what's my, the website? I don't know. Allprosolies.com. <laughs> <laughs> Tuggy, Tuggy, you're you're coaching now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm helping some guys with the U16 AAA team in Peterborough. Oh boy, oh Fancy. boy, you're back in the grind, eh? That's an interesting. Uh, it, it's not the same as it was back in the day, but it's different now. You, doing you got road any angry? Too? Say that again, boys. Are you doing road trips? Uh, some, yes. I'm. I'm kind of. Um, a three-quarter coach, you know, like you I got, said, can, that's the time I can give you. Do you have any angry Wally parents on your team? Yeah. Just, bitter, <laughs> just hammering the glass. You know the ones that sit behind the glass and just watch every move? 
We, we have some very invested parents. <laughs> Look at you, politically correct. <laughs> Guys, I have one question before, as we get into this. How? What is your reaction to seeing Jacques Martin back oh. behind the Ottawa senator bench? Well, I'm not shocked. I think that, um, you know, what's been missing is what Jacques brought back when we were there. So I think that they're hoping that that can maybe be rekindled and find a way. I think if you look at the Sens over the years, it's been the same problem. They just can't keep the puck out of the net and defend. So their only chance is they have offensive players. The only chance is to be able to teach them to play 200 feet rather than 150. Rosie. We oh. keep losing Rosie. He keeps coming in and <laughs> there he is. Rosie, Ro Ro you uh what do you what do you think? You had Jacques. Um probably played your best hockey of, probably of your career with Jacques. What do you think? You surprised he's back in the game at 71? Oh, you're muted, Rosie. <laughs> 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 this is what you get when you get two old goalies on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rosie, you're muted. I never would believe I'd be better tech than Rosie. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get that figured out in a sec. So, Ron, uh, do you watch Sens games now? Do you um, like if you if you're a goalie playing for the Ottawa Senators? What's your reaction? Well. You know, I think I think um, I know the goalies do take a lot of heat there, and I think that uh, the hard part is that on most given nights the scoring chances are not in the sense favor, and I think that you're asking a lot game in and game out for your goalie to be a difference maker, and I think that's where you know Rhodes and I benefited is that when Jacques came in, um, you know we had a chance to gain some confidence through a game that when we needed to make a big save, we could make it because we were confident. And to do that, you know, obviously the pucks were more around the outside and, you know, but once in a while we'd have a breakdown and that'd be our job, you know? And the other thing is we even had like full commitment from guys to block shots. Um, they even got Yorkie to block shots, which was shocking. I <laughs> you know? got pretty good at it. Defense, which is shocking. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think it was just a complete turnaround of, of the way the team felt they had to play to be successful. And our I think our motto was just let's keep the game close and have a chance to win every single night rather than being blown out one night and winning the next night. Give ourselves the chance to win every game. Go ahead, Wally. I, I just... Uh... Are you okay? So, does it come at any surprise to you to see all these goalies leave Ottawa, like Cam Talbot and Gustafson, and guys who had played fairly well before they got to perhaps Ottawa or even uh, struggled during their time to go on and play well? Brian Elliott, another one. Um, is it just the way the Sens play their system? And I'm going to add to this is a I hate the question, but it comes up a lot. Is Ottawa some kind of goalie graveyard? Well, it wasn't back when, you know, yeah. I was there. Like goalies like Patty Laleen were coming in, myself were coming in, Rosie were coming in. Everyone that was coming in would be able to do the job. And I, I think that that has changed. Uh, um, you know, I, I do I do believe 
some goalie styles surprisingly do benefit some team styles and um you know so i'm not surprised that goalies can go elsewhere i uh, i don't think it's a graveyard but yeah. i do think that the style of play has to change um i think they had a pretty good run with dj where they were allowed to expand a, a little bit offensively and i think you know um, obviously we see the benefits of their players offensively producing, you know, it's concerning when you see a player that's minus 25, but he's got good points. I think that's, you know, whether people like that stat or not, at the end of the day, you're on the ice for 24 more goals against and you're on, yeah. I think that's a concern, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it's all about making your team play as one team, one unit on the ice. And if they can't get that at both ends of the ice, then the chance of having success, success obviously, really, you know, falls apart. Tuggy, I right. love it. You're you're right in the you're right in the coach speak right now, hitting all yeah, yeah. the all yeah. the check marks right now. This is one thing, and I and I think about this all the time with goaltenders. Oh, Yorkie, just um, one sec. I just want to bring Damien back in. You got Rhodes? We did we figure Rhodesy out? You good, Rhodesy? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, he's here. Yeah. All right. Um. Listen, Tuggy's take Tuggy's putting it all on his shoulders right now, breaking down the goaltending situation. <laughs> like like usual. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we I'm glad we got you guys back on here. Be, yeah, because this is what this is a question that I think is true. Playing in Canadian markets, Rosie, you played in Toronto, you played in Ottawa, but you also played in American markets where hockey is not that big. Same same with you, Tuggy. Like you played in Quebec, you played in Montreal, you played in Ottawa, but then you played in Columbus. I believe this, and you guys let me know. You guys are the goalies. Can certain guys just not play in Canadian markets because it's so much pressure? Like, is there something to that? Go ahead, Rosie. I don't think there is. I mean, you, either you can play or you can't. Um, I mean, I think you put as much pressure on yourself as you want to. Your coaches do. I don't care if you're in Atlanta or, you know, Nashville. I, you know, every everyone still wants to win, so... Um, but you always hear like Philly never can have a goalie. It was always Philadelphia, yeah. wasn't it? Yep, um, still is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Toronto's kind of been that way lately too, hasn't it? But I, I don't think. Yeah. No, I think you find the right guy, and you uh, you're going to be all right. Yeah. So the only, time, I, the only time I felt that way was in Montreal because I knew everybody in Montreal did not want me in the net. They wanted Patrick. <laughs> so that's, that's the only place I know for sounds sure. Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> All right, Tuggy, Tuggy, you got to tell the you got to tell the Patrick Law story about when you guys went over the schedule. Well, what when the part was Jacques would bring me in to show me my one or two games a month, or well, the, didn't did the one the, when you when when Patrick Law told you Patrick. when you you're going to be playing? Well, the first yeah the the first time I met him, like I'd met him, but not as a partner. And the first time I did meet him, he said, we're going to get be a great partnership. As long as I understand that I only, I only play the games he's going to let me play. And I never play any big games ever. Nice to meet you. If we do that, we're going to be a great team. <laughs> that was the first day. That's Montreal. That's Montreal. That's the first time you meet Patrick. Why he, he basically lays, lays it out for you. Yeah. He says, this is the way it's going to work. And then maybe and then, that gave him his appendicitis when he said that. Yeah, yeah, and that what a gong show that was after the appendicitis. 
the cameras outside my doors and follow me around and I'm going to the rink. What's going on? Do I get to the rink and it's like you're playing tonight? I haven't played in two and a half months. <laughs> How'd you play? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Uh, Rosie, before I want to get into something I found on the internet. So you know it's got to be good. Uh, you were playing, gotta by be the true. way, started your, you started the career in Toronto, won your first six games. The first game you won was against Detroit in Detroit, which obviously must be a big deal. I'll get to that in a sec. But you decided you were going to, uh, one game, try to control Brendan Shanahan. Does that <laughs> ring a bell? Uh, I didn't decide that. That just happened. <laughs> so there's a scrum. I, I didn't show the video. There's a scrum off to the side, and he's got a hold of somebody. So you go over to grab uh, Brendan Shanahan. I'm like, at that moment, did you realize who he was? All I know is happened. One of our guys got hit from behind. They had two guys on, I think it was Savon LaFave. And if I didn't go in there, my goalie coach, Rick Wamsey, was going to chew me out for staying in the crease. <laughs> so I just went over there and grabbed somebody, and obviously I grabbed the wrong guy. Uh, did do you ever talk to him after about it? I've never talked to him in my life. <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I will get back to the first six wins. Did you think, like, man, like this is going to be one hell of a career here? I never thought that. I just, I was, I, I was lucky to get up be on a good team, and I felt fortunate. And we were had a great defensive system, so um, my eyes were pretty wide open at that time. Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, listen, I, but Wally, yeah, I never got yeah. Tuggy's response because Rosie's Rosie's a little nuts. He thinks about things differently. Not that Tuggy's not crazy too, but what about you with the whole Canadian U.S. market? Did like you guys must read the press clippings? Like if things aren't going well, like if you're a guy in a Canadian market and things aren't going well, like it's got to get to you, doesn't it? That's one thing I never did was never read anything. Yeah, you didn't read the stuff, eh? No. It was before you, Tugger, before it was Tugger answers, Quebec. though, well, just remember, you, you played. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You played Quebec, Edmonton, Montreal. Uh, I'm missing one Canadian team, Ottawa. You so you oh. played in four Canadian markets. Yep. Yeah. Then Columbus, Dallas. Three short, Tugger. Make a yeah. comeback. You know the saying: a lot of teams wanted me, and a lot of teams wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> 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 oh, Pittsburgh. We forgot about Pittsburgh. He's in Pittsburgh for a bit, yeah. too. You're yeah. well-traveled, Tuggy. Yeah, I, I'm well-traveled. Yes, no question. But, um, you know, like Quebec wasn't hard because I really couldn't read the papers or understand French that well anyway. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Um, Ottawa, Ottawa wasn't bad because we, uh, from the time I got there, we were a really good team. So yeah. um, there's no issues there. Uh, Edmonton, I was the backup to Billy Ramford. Uh, wasn't expected to be the guy in any way, so it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, so uh, Montreal was just a difficult situation just because of I was just flat out a backup and I was there for practices. And so that would be the only different situation. But um, I, I, I personally didn't have an issue um, playing in Canada. I, I, I love the idea that it was important to the country and important to that mm -hmm. city. Um, I, I didn't feel any additional pressure. I, I just felt that I had to play well, whether I was there or Columbus or Pittsburgh or on, so on and so on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you, can I, do you want to tell stories, Yorkie, or should I move on? 
I, I got well, a question for Tugger. Oh, yeah. Tugger, did you like it better playing the Canadian cities? Because you guys were kind of the show where when you're in the States, like Pittsburgh or Columbus, you guys were like third fiddle. Um, I, I did uh, come playoff time and down the stretches and stuff like that. I thought, you know, not that you need extra motivation, but I just felt that, uh, you know, coming into the whiteout in Ottawa was pretty – um, you know, exciting to be a part of something like that. And, um, you know, but, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh was still a really good hockey city. Uh, Columbus, hockey city yeah. Columbus was brand, brand new. So they had a full crowd all the time, but they just didn't quite understand what was going on. So that was pretty easy. But, um, yeah, I, I like the atmosphere when the games were really big games in Canada a little bit more than they were in the U.S. Right. Especially regular season games. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. the the season does get a little long and old at times. And when you're in a playoff run, I think that, uh, you know, it's nice to have that crowd knowing the importance of every game. So let's get to that playoff run, which is starts right here. Um, Tugger. No, this is the other one. That's, uh, the the one here. that's you winning the first playoff series, Damon. So both of you have key parts. One is... Tugger won the first, or sorry, won the game that put the Sens into the postseason against New Jersey, uh, which was also no, a, it was against Buffalo, wasn't it? I'm sorry, yeah, Buffalo. Wally. come on, jeez, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to, keep, but for Tugger, that game was uh, very uh, emotional for you. Well, I, yeah, I just, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'd lost my father, so that year coming in was pretty big, you know, and to to have a good year and to make you know the playoffs for the first time with a with a, a team that had not made the playoffs in the new era or whatever i think that uh, you know at that time i just had that feel of emotions you know like yeah that's you know so you got me there wally thanks oh <laughs> so we do it's, it's like oprah we're like oprah here while Tuggy. we get we get you to cry <laughs> you get, you get older, you get softer. York, 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 he was supposed to tell you to get a coach. Um, you're, like, yeah. you're getting all emotional, Tugger. No, no, I'm sorry. You know, I heard a story about that game. Did you? I heard, I think the Rangers called into the league because they were not, Buffalo was not going to play Hashik. That's right. That's right. And he was supposedly out all night at Mescalero, was drinking, dancing on the bar. Yeah. With, yes. Uh, uh, who took him out? He said. He took him out. He said, um, "Don't worry about him. He was out till four in the night, drunk last night. He didn't even right. walk home. He made like fifty-two <laughs> saves, and, and we won one nothing." Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys remember that? Like, yeah, we had to beat those guys one nothing, and we all knew Hasek was hammered the night before, and we're like, "This the guy plays better when he's hung over." Yeah. Guy never had a bad game, really. He was he was crazy. Eh? Yeah. He was, it, 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 but but that game, fellas, like. Just the tension. I still say, like, I never won the Stanley Cup, but one of the best moments of my career was just the feeling of the – it was like the whole city was behind us. I, that's how I felt, guys, and and when we finally won that game. Because remember leading up to it, I remember Perry Pern, we had the magic numbers of the games we had to win, and we had it all broken down of what we needed to do to get in the playoffs. It was like a all hands on deck to get this job done. And the odds weren't in our favor because we had to win. Remember how many games we had to win just to get in and to and do it on the lot? We had to win in Detroit, too. Yeah. Which I don't think – I think that's the only game I ever won in Detroit. 
ever. And, and I'm Maybe going, Ottawa's the only one in Detroit. <laughs> you started with Detroit, but I never Not felt with Ottawa. Like, like I couldn't believe. Uh, I said, "Oh no, I, I don't have good feelings in Detroit." I, you know that game, and I said, uh, "I was a little concerned about that one." But once we won that, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "We got a chance." Oh, but Rosie, I'm trying to remember your 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 pregame routine because I remember Tuggy. We weren't allowed to talk to this guy the, the minute we he got into the rink. No. Like he he got to the rink, and Reds and I used to play a game, Wade Red, and the, to try and make him the, to notice us, we'd like go in front of him, <laughs> wave our hands, and just sit. He just look at the uh, clock, and he had this friggin' I guess crazy... you didn't want your goalie to play well, then, huh, Yorkie? Well, he can't be that serious. Like, come on, Tuggy. <laughs> like, what was it's up with that? I wish I didn't have to be that way, but I just felt that's the way I had to be to play good. So that's why when, when Rosie would play, I'd be bouncing around the room, like, you know, having a time of my life because I could relax and enjoy the day. But the game itself, I the whole day was not an enjoyable experience for me because I had to be that way to get ready to play. At least that's what I felt, you know, and um, it, it's funny. Yeah, I had wanted people, the money. I'd have a, well, I'd have a doctor come up and say, Hey, Tiger, have a good game today. And I'd look at him and just kind of shit. It's like, just <laughs> pull him off. And then after the game, I'd go to the doc. Listen, on game days, I don't talk to anybody. So don't take it wrong, you know, the wrong way, but I couldn't tell him that at the time because okay. I was worried about uh, the game. Now re rewind. So when did the non, did the non-talking begin like in Ottawa after lunch, after nap time? Like when did you when were you not allowed to speak? As soon as I got to the rank for the game. No talking. No, no talking. Yeah, yeah. You, the only time you talked is we when you told me the, that way. Yeah. <laughs> the only time you talked is when you told me the puck was getting rimmed around to the far corner. Around. <laughs> what were you doing in the corner, Yorkie? You were not in the corner, Yorkie. <laughs> Rosie, you weren't crazy like that. Like you, we could talk to you a little bit before the game. A little bit, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> Rosie was more normal, I think, on game days. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, um, uh, by the way, Tugger, do you want to know yeah. your record in Detroit? Yeah, what was it? Three and six. No, you did lose six in a row at one point. Uh, wow. One game you were put in halfway through. Uh, you ended up with a goals against average of 10.39 in a 9 nothing loss. Dude. Uh, I just knew I didn't have good experiences there. You know, so. <laughs> well, you did have a shutout. But six in a row would tell me that, yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe that was an issue. Does that mean he won his last three there? No. He no. Uh, won uh, two and uh, – sorry, one and two in his last three. Wally, I got something for Rosie, but before I get to that, I just want to talk that, one more thing on that game, Tuggy. I still think that's one of the best symbolic pitchers of kind of Sen's history. After that game, that picture of you and Reds together, where it's you guys are together and and you're it's it's just a really cool shot. I think it's I don't know if do we have it, Wally? Do we got that picture? After the game, it's the uh, I think we just had the video of the game, but you know the pick I'm talking about. I tell you, it's a great picture of you and Reds right after the game, after the one nothing win against uh, Buffalo. Very cool shot, but to me, it just kind of symbolizes a little bit of that era. Did you knock the net off too, Tugger? What after we won? No, oh, I no. thought you knocked it off. For some reason. I don't think we did. No, I just remember jumping into uh, Reds' arms um, like a baby. Yeah, like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, you know, it was. Uh, 
I, I don't know. He was just coming at me, and I just felt I had to jump up into his arms. And he you know? said, I can talk now. Yeah. And, and now I'm back. <laughs> I can hey, talk. Who was, hey, who was our D-man that took him out that night? Uh, um, Musil. Frank Musil took him out that night. That's who it was the night before that took uh, – um, Oh, okay. Uh, Remember yeah, Frank Musil? And he came yes. in and goes, don't worry, boys. Not a chance he's going to be good today. As soon as I seen Frankie after the game, right. I, I want to smack him. I said, are you kidding me? This guy with 42 saves. You know. Frank Frank Musil, the old veteran defenseman, took care of business for us, takes Hasek out, takes him drinking. and he, and he, game player. He's like, God, I forgot about that story, Tugger. Good memory there. Let's, Let's try to see. Uh, We've had some other memories. Um, one of it is our part of our Wendy's Did You Know? And so uh, we have three of them today, in fact, because I have something for all three of you in our Wendy's Did You Know? Uh, brought to you by Wendy's and the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Uh, shots on goal, goals against average, PPG. They can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM, Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and Daily Faceoff. Sorry, it may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and Daily Faceoff Fantasy, but unlike your prediction, it never disappoints. So try your luck. Don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up daily face off today. Sponsored by Wendy's and Wendy's app. Wendy's, we keep it fresh. All right, Rosie, you're very well aware of this. January 2nd, 1999. Yeah. <laughs> you're credited for scoring a goal versus New Jersey, which I'm sure you've seen a million times. At the time, Rhodes became the fourth goaltender to score a goal. He also earned a shutout in the 6-0 win, making you the first goalie to record a shutout in the same game and scoring a goal, which was matched, by the way, uh, as you know, by uh, Jose Theodore in Montreal three years to the day later on January wow. 2nd, 2002. Yeah. Ah, um, and here it is. Never. Well, I guess you touched the puck. Um, it is a funny story because the ref and Yorkie, you're on the ice for this. Got a plus. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so, so there's the save yep I remember, the, I remember the ref too so who what was who was the ref okay, go, go ahead you rosie don van massenhoven donnie donnie great ref yep did you know right away it? yeah he was pointing right at me when it was going down there <laughs> no way Mm -hmm. What do you say to you? He goes, "That's yours, Rosie." <laughs> I, go, I go, "Thanks, Donnie." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tips. Thanks. I know. Did you know though, Rosie? Until Donnie told you, did you know you're going to get credit with that? You know, I just saw it going down the ice. I think it was Odeline who threw it back there, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, I it was Odie. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing way down in that corner, but, um, but the. Kicker of the story, has a goalie ever had a game-winning goal? Yes. There has been a goalie with a game-winning goal? I believe it's Brodeur. But yes, okay. there is one, because I, I did look that up. I will get back to you. Okay. Then I, the shutout's good, then. <laughs> <laughs> was yours uh, the game-winner, Rosie? What's that? Was that the game-winner? No, but it was the second goal, I think, of the game. Yes. If I let one in, I would have been the game-winner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, well, well, it's funny you say that because part of here's our second part of Wendy's. Did you know? In fact, Jason York assisted on that first goal of that game, by the way. In that game, he had two assists. 
it would start what would be a seven-game point streak and the longest of Yorkie's career, uh, one goal, 10 points. Uh, that streak is tied for the eighth longest by a D-man in Sens history. Ooh, what a run. What a run, Wally. I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, should have made more money. <laughs> you finished fifth in team scoring that year, by I, the way. What year was that? 99, 98, 99 season. Oh, I had a lot of, had a lot of apples there on the second PP unit. Um, we got to, uh, you want to get to this now because I, people are dying yeah. to know the one, the one story about Rosie, probably the most symbolic besides the goal Rosie. And I asked you if you don't have this, uh, artifact in your possession <laughs> and you don't, and your answer was that stinky thing is long gone. Right. The, the leopard skin jock. The story of the leopard skin jock is legendary in Ottawa. Legendary. It, uh, it had magic I, I powers. Some, some say, some say, have a lot to do with the Ottawa Senators winning their first ever playoff series against the New Jersey Devils. I like the to story hear that story. Of, I like to hear the story. Well, you you're the one that wore like where did how where does an it? NHL how does an NHL player start wearing a leopard skin jock? Well, it was right about the time when. You know, colored pads had come out. So, and, you know, the, obviously the goalie masks were being painted special. I guess Brian decided, well, let's make some cup stuff that's really, really, you know, risque, I guess, or panty-like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there, we had a choice between a snake skin, a... One that had like a World Wrestling Federation belt on it. Yep. And I, uh, I opted for the leopard skin. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. It kind of reminded me of Bull Durham too. Like you know, the rose goes on the front, big guy. <laughs> hey, meet. <laughs> but, but, but when you started wearing this, I know story gets kind of misconstrued after years. But you went on a heater when you had that on, like. You went on to go head to head, and we took down Marty Brodeur with the leopard skin jock. Did I get a new one mailed in that week or something? Something happened because it, it, the story went viral. You with this jock, and the, there was a picture of it. It's still talked about to this day. There's you after the game. Yes, that, it is still talked about. Yes. I remember, I didn't read the newspaper, Yorkie. Well, come on. You, you knew right away when I asked you about it. Well, I knew what it was. I mean, I wore it my whole career. <laughs> Rosie, Whole did career. You, did you dye your hair there? I didn't dye it. Uh, Dino dyed it. <laughs> you know, you all know what's funny. I'm actually going to see Dino, a good friend of both of ours, right after the show. I, I'm due for I'm due for a haircut. Yeah, but Dino, because you you were one of the first guys to go with the blonde look, because nobody was doing that. Back no, you know who did it first? Who? Brad. Did it. Yeah, Brad did it first. Oh, <laughs> He was trying Brad, to get the team going. That's right, eh? Brad, you breast his soul. What a good man, eh? Our, our, and people don't know Brad was our, our team masseuse with Ottawa for a long time. But I, that's right. So Brad did it first, and you yep. went second? Yep. So according to Wikipedia, which I know is a stretch, but sometimes there's some facts. So I'm going to ask you if this is true. Uh, Rhodes was 13-17-5 and five with a 223 goals against at the time. He opted to dye his hair blonde as a way to change his fortunes. Following the change... Rhodes posted a 10-4-2 record, lowering his goals against to 181. And that momentum carried them into the 98 Stanley Cup playoffs, where he outdoed, outplayed, sorry, 
Artan Brodeur and was instrumental in the first round upset. It had to be the hair, didn't it? It couldn't be all the practice <laughs> I put in or uh, no, no, Bill Mira coming down or anything like that. Could have been the no. jock. It could have been the jock too. Yeah, hair. <laughs> Nothing to do with talent. No, or practice, or maybe the team getting on a heater. Maybe finally listening to Jock or something. Yeah. So, Hi. so you said you didn't listen to anything. So, were you aware of like people like? Oh, here's a guy that's dying his hair blonde. He's wearing a leopard print jock. Like it's, it's like you didn't take it seriously. Is what it kind of became, I guess, in the media circle. Did you sense any of that? Can you repeat the question? Sure. So it, you here it is. You're this is a goalie who's dying his hair bleach blonde. He's uh, wearing a leopard print jock. It's like that you didn't take the game seriously enough. Is what became almost. That's what everyone thought. Oh, I won't say everyone, but it was certainly something. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then it's probably a good thing I didn't read the press clip clippings. That's it's a very <laughs> good point. I'm just curious if you felt or heard any of that stuff. I did not. Yeah. Listen, Wally, we had, I don't know if you remember this, but guys, but we had a Buddha that was part of that run too. Didn't Chorsky. Tom Chorsky? Tom Chorsky. We, Tom Chorsky had this Buddha doll that was another thing going on. I, I don't know who saw it, but then all of a sudden Buddha was on the front page of the paper, and he had something to do with us beating New Jersey, too. Like, where did, where did that come from? You guys? I just think sometimes, like, the media guys, they might not have the whole story, and they've run with it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like you're looking at me right now. <laughs> how, how about the print media yeah print yeah media. always yeah absolutely yeah. i just remember um, rosie, i remember rosie coming in with the hair and i said does he think he's like billy idol or something you know yeah. he had it all you remember up. um the reporter don didn't he have to dye it don and brennan don brennan yeah. he did that's right <laughs> <laughs> i want I, I would i would have preferred alan panzeri getting his hair dyed blonde remember him <laughs> the little guy for the ottawa citizen yeah i remember him <laughs> still still one of the best still one of the best one-liners i've heard on a team bus i know if you guys remember this i got a good memory for stupid shit we're driving in washington remember the bussy we always had in washington apple ass Everybody used to chirp the bussy. All of a sudden, we're 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 driving the bus to the we're driving the bus to the rink, Wally and Pitlick. Pitlick yells at to, to the bussy. He's like, because we called him Apple. He's like, hey, Apple ass, pedals on the left. He goes, Alan Penzeri's passing us on his scooter, and the whole and the whole bus just freaking erupts. It was so good. Uh, Alan Penzeri. I think he's writing obituaries now. Can we? <laughs> Can we write? Uh, just sorry, go back to the Buddha. Did did everybody have to touch it or something on the way out? What what the Buddha? was the story behind or the jock? Or the jock? No, no, Yorkie, not, <laughs> no. That's a that's a different event. Uh, I don't know. Ask, ask Rosie doesn't know because he didn't pay attention to stuff like this. Tuggy, I don't know what. Where did, I think it was in Chorsky's stall. Well, we had yes. to all just believe it was in Chorsky's stall, but he would rub it himself, I think, and get it ready to go for the game. We just had to support that he believed in the Buddha and we believed in the Buddha. That, I think that's what it was. But it was more Tom. Every time we'd come in, he'd, he'd pull it out and he'd rub the Buddha. He says, you know, it's still hot, you know. So um, okay, this is, this is, it wasn't this is one of those PG. things where you touch it on the way out the door. This was Tom's thing, and we just kind of was part of 
Tom's day and the Buddha was part of us believing that we were going to win, I guess. So, um, Jesus, this, this, is a, this, is a PG, this is a PG show, Tugger, the way you describe that. Pulling <laughs> things out, touching it, rubbing it. Jesus Christ. We have to find the Buddha. Tr somebody needs to track down the Buddha. Well, yeah, Not I don't know. He has to have it. That, yeah, that, that, that the Buddha he has should to have be, it. Chores probably still has it. Yeah, doesn't he work for the wild still? Call the wild up. Um, I don't know. We're going to track this down. <laughs> uh, um, get, just get, la, la, yeah, la, last ahead. last thing on that whole playoff series, guys, because just going back to, to be serious for a moment here, New Jersey was the first ranked team. We were eighth that year. Correct. Um, just back to Jacques, and, you know, he's back. And, like, I, I still think about that series. The fact we beat those guys is crazy because they were the best team in the NHL back then, and we were just making the playoffs. And you remember the looks on some of the guys like Stevens, Niedermeyer, like it was just, a, it was a, it was a look of disbelief and Rosie, that picture. What did Marty, do you remember? What did you and Marty Brodier, you guys exchange? Do you remember? I just, I think I just said uh, great series. Congratulations or um, great plan. Something like that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. You know, long ago. after you win, yeah, that, that too. But after you win, you don't really remember stuff. Yeah. What can you put your finger on it, Rosie? Like thinking back then, like what did what did we well, do that, that that Well, we always played well against New Jersey when we when we played them. It seemed like they're always close games or we we're beating them or stuff like that. That's Randy McKay. I went to college with him. Um but uh didn't don't you remember we always I mean Yeah, they were close. Yeah, our, and it seemed like I always played against Tugger, you always had the Capitals. Yeah. That's why it kind of... Whose dog's barking? Sounds like Fine. Yorkie. Yeah. <laughs> this is what uh, I work with. Yorkie, put your dates away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, come on. Family show here. <laughs> That's why when we beat Jersey, I thought, damn, we're, we got Washington next. I got to sit out a series. And then I don't, you know... What did he? He never really made a solid decision. I thought he went with me game one. He went with you game two, and then he just, you know, it didn't seem Jock like he. Jock had that tendency, like during the season. I think Rosie and I could look at the schedule and know which games we're both playing. Right. Yeah. Like I got Buffalo. You know, I got Boston. Mm -hmm. He'd get Toronto. He he'd get New Jersey. He and it was just nonstop. I'd get Washington, and it would just keep going. We'd know who's playing who, and. um you know, Jock, I think he looked over our records or something over the years against teams. And, and I just, that's the way he went with it, I think. And, you know, so, but uh, that run against New Jersey, I think that both our teams were played an identical style system. And at the end of the day, yeah, I think Rosie just out battled Brodeur and that was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, uh, do you know what happened in that Washington series though, Wally? I got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that was our downfall. It was crazy. I went to hit a guy. It was actually in the last game of the New Jersey series. It was, I don't know if you guys ever done this. I went to hit somebody on the boards and I popped a rib cartilage. It was the worst pain. I don't know if you guys ever done that. I, it was like being stabbed. So I ended up missing the first uh, three games of the Washington series because like, I was basically, uh, it, they had to shoot me up with some stuff in order to get into game four, but it was, it was crazy. But yeah, that that why it's too bad because that if 
I really believe, guys, if we would have got by Washington, there was there was a clear path there because they ended up going right to the finals. Yeah, they did. They ended, yeah, they, they played Detroit. By Detroit, right? They just put the boots to them. Yeah. The uh, okay, actually, Gavin, do you have the picture of Tugger and Yorkie? I would like to ask uh, Tugger's opinion. Yeah, me too. On Jason York taking out his own goal. <laughs> so Yorkie gets hit from behind by Wendell Clark. Uh, or shoved or pushed or Yorkie just fell. Um, yeah, Tugger, what are you thinking at this moment? Well, was when the puck got rimmed around, I was thinking about protecting Yorkie because I seen Clark was going to be <laughs> going to kill him behind the net. So I thought the safe play would be for me to go get it. That way, Clark wouldn't hammer me. But and he didn't hammer me. He hammered York anyway <laughs> into me and. Um, like my helmet flew off and everything. Like, like I got smoked. I think York got smoked. I got smoked, but uh, I knew Wendell pretty well because of our agent. We did hockey schools in the summers and stuff together when we were younger. And uh, he got in front of the net and I slammed him in the, in the back of the legs with my stick. And he stopped and turned and he goes, are, are we even now? Are we good? And I said, <laughs> yeah, fine now. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Let me, phase of it didn't even phase him i hit him but he was are we even now well, he had he had no calves anyway <laughs> wendell yeah oh. he's crazy like it's amazing how tough that guy was. but i'll explain to you guys what happened there tuggy didn't like playing pucks so the fact that he got out and stopped the rim around i was shocked and all of a sudden i'm there tuggy's there wendell's there and it just you know what's going to happen after there like back then you had your back turned it didn't matter you're getting hit like it's your own fault so i go in the tugger tugger goes flying but what I, I i'll say this about wendell as tough as he was and and rambunctious he's still an honest player man i think uh he said something to me after that too he goes yeah sorry like anyways didn't mean to do that but yeah that's that's a good that picks all over the internet me just getting smoked in the tugger after a year with Marty Turco, I, I started throwing sauce around and stuff. So if I would have been doing that sooner, maybe, maybe you would have went and got open. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll, for some reason, all kinds of bad shit used to happen to me around the goalies and getting hit, getting punched. Is that on or uh, off the ice? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, is, so what's it like, Rhodesy, to be a roommate of Jason York's? Uh, that's, that's confidential. <laughs> highly, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing though. I've never, I've, I'll, Wally, I have never slept better in my life when I was, when I was roommates with Damien Rhodes. Like it was, I, Rhodesy and I didn't know each other that well, but then when I be, I, I requested him after being his roommate for a long time, because he had this contraption he brought with him on the road. It didn't even work. But I don't know. What, I think we called it the sleep machine. We called it the sleep machine. It was an air purifier. And I had to change the filter out like every month. Oh, my God. See, see I was way ahead of my time before COVID times. Look at that. Purify the air for us so we get a yeah. nice restful night's sleep. It was beautiful, though. Rosie and I, we, like, we were excited about bedtime because the sleep machine would come on. And then we had no, like, we were well-rested for the the game the next day. It was, like, where'd you get that thing? I got it, like, a uh, department store in the Rito, Rito Center. <laughs> like, think about this. Like, you're, you guys have like, dessert? Were you guys dessert guys at night? 
Oh yeah, get the, get the ice cream going. Yeah, I think we had the ice cream with the chocolate fudge. Yeah. But this is why this is why goalies are weirdos. You got one guy that won't talk on a game day, and the other guy travels with a sleep machine because he can't sleep without it. Like this is what, what a, you're dealing with with NHL goalies. Are you kidding me? Look at all those football players. They bring hot tubs and uh, lasers and all that stuff to training camp. The cold machine. Look at look at LeBron. Yeah, that's that's well, yeah. that's a different world. That's a, well, <laughs> so, that's a different side bracket. Did you? Hey. I, I, by the time you guys finished your career, you probably had to always have a roommate. Um, I'm guessing. Would you have preferred to be in nowadays world where you didn't have a roommate and just got to chill on your own? Well, I, I had both. Like the, the year we had the the real run, I had Krister Olson as <laughs> as my roommate, and we were on the run. And with a month to go or something, he got injured and he was done for the year. And he went into Jacques and convinced him. He goes, he goes, I got to go on the road with you guys. He goes, I'm Tugger's roommate. We don't want to change anything up. And, and he was coming on every road trip, you know, and getting in at like three in the morning every single night he was there. Uh, you know, so, and, and one of those trips, York, he was the, uh, the floor. Oh, my, you get yeah, the Florida trip for sure. It was one of them, and you know, okay. I don't know if you want to get into that story. Tuggy, let me let me set let me set let me set. I'm trying to. Roji, were you still with us at that at, at that I time? Was, I was, but I was fortunate enough. My mom was in town for that game, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I got I had to go out with my mom. Okay, so, so let me get this. It's a early. game that it's a game everybody's aware of. Okay. I want okay, to hear this, the story. I'll, 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 the I'll, let, game. I'll let I'll let Tuggy tell the story because he has the roommate who's the star of the story. <laughs> but this 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 kind of brings Jacques Martin into the story, and it kind of makes things come full circle. Jacques back I now. Dax was the star of the story. He wasn't. He but Olson's the star at the end. Okay. So we I'm trying to remember. We play in Florida. We lose the game, and then Jacques throws a curfew down on us. Right, Tugger? Yeah. No, I, I don't think we lost. Did we? It's no, a three-two win. We won. So what happened after the game is Jacques has got the last game. Yeah, we won. It was our last game before heading home, and we're staying overnight uh, because Jacques wants us to get our proper rest. And he says, "Guys, there's food and there's beers back in the uh, the hotel." And I guess Jacques Jacques interpreted that everybody was coming back there and staying in for the night and not going anywhere. So of course everybody went back together and we sat there and had our food and whatever and a couple beers and then I went to bed I was nursing a little bit of a knee issue so I went back to my room and of course my roommate out the door he starts going and I said well I, I expected that and uh, the next day we're on the plane and Jock has got a, a foul on him like he like I'm like what he's is mad. going he's bitter. he is a bitter man he's really mad I go what is going on you know and I had no idea because I wasn't out so I had no clue what was going on and he says, everybody back to the room as soon as this plane lands. So back to the rink. Back, back to the, the rink. rink. Yeah. Yeah, back to the rink, to the room. And and I, what is going on? So we get in there, and next thing you know, he goes, You guys, you guys, <laughs> you know, we are playing for a playoff and biggest game. And he's going on and screaming and losing his mind. Remember, he had his list too. Oh, yeah. He had the list. He had the list. <laughs> yeah. But then he goes, uh, Show of hands, who was out last night after, the, you know, oh. last night. And all of a sudden, guys are putting their hands up. 
and he goes starts going around the room asking guys what time do you get in and then he gets the andreas dackel and says dackel what time do you get in he goes i, I think uh one o'clock how's 2 30 sound <laughs> no tuggy tuggy you're way <laughs> off on that because yeah, i i remember this he goes to dax because jock had the list and he knew exactly what time guys got in because the, fr the friggin guy hid in the lobby behind a plant because yeah. one of the guys came in late and the next morning he gets on the plane. He's like, got it. I think I saw Jacques in there in the lobby last night. I think he knows because we, because I was out, <laughs> I, we made, we made a team decision that we were going to go out because we won a big game and we thought it was important that the boys go out and, and celebrate it. So Jacques got to Dax and he goes, Dackle, what time are you in? And Dax goes, 4.15. And then Jacques goes, 5.445. Then he goes on to the next guy. But then it gets better because he, he's every guy's heads down. They're feeling shame. Then he gets to your roommate, Christopher Olison. Do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this. Well, okay. Olson. I remember it like it was just Christopher Olson, who had a cup of coffee with us. Great guy. And Tuggy said he was out all the time. Olson says to Jacques, eight o'clock. And Jacques Hat looks at his sheet and he goes, eight o'clock. He goes, I don't, I don't see eight o'clock. And then Olson had got in at 8 a.m. in the morning. So he didn't lie. He didn't lie. Because I believe it was an afternoon game we played. Olson thinks he's dead. His career's over. He's never going to play. And Jacques just goes, what? What? It just goes right to the next guy. And Olson's like, you could just see the relief. He didn't lie. Said he got in at eight. Just left out the part. It was 8 a.m. <laughs> uh, what happened in the next game, gentlemen? The well, home game at, to Montreal. At the end of the meeting, Jacques was swearing and cursing at us because we're trying to have this playoff run and make the playoffs. And he goes, you guys better be ready for that next game. You better. He started losing it. Well, we went into Montreal, and I think we hammered him in the first period. The game was over practically in right? the first period. I think we went on to win like 6-2 or something like that. And, and we just pounded them. And You are uh, wrong. What's that? You are completely wrong. Well, the story played Buffalo. What? <laughs> you played at home to Montreal. Yeah, we Montreal we played. Did we lose? You lost 2 nothing. Uh-oh. No, I thought I swore we won six two or something. Was, it was better like, the other way. <laughs> you went Tampa, Florida, came home to Montreal, and then finished against Buffalo. Oh boys, yeah, we were. So if we would have beat Montreal, we would have been in the playoffs, right? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But here's, do you remember, guys? And, uh, it's a long time ago, Tugger. It's okay. Yeah. What? What? And th and this is like Jacques was a stickler for 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 that. Do you remember what every single game? And this is how Jacques is a creature of habit. Win or lose, on that big white blackboard on the room. What did Jacques write on the board after the th the three words he'd write on the board after every game? Food, rest, recovery bike. Like it didn't matter. The bikes. <laughs> it was. It was food, rest, recovery. And he's still doing it to this day. It's right there. Food, rest, recovery bike. Wally, what year was that when you were talking about? Was that That's the 90 April 1998. It's the year we made the playoffs for the first time. Yeah, 97, 98 season. April 98. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow! No, that was that was year two. Uh, first first year playoffs was ninety six, ninety seven. That's the year. No. That's, I think it happened, didn't it? The Florida thing. Yeah, yeah. Wally doesn't know what he's talking. The very about. first year that we made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, so it was earlier. Uh, like, we still had like ten sorry. games to go in the season. We still had like ten games to go in the season at that time. That's correct. So you, that's, oddly enough, you won three two in in Florida. That's okay. Yeah, and then the next uh, game we beat Montreal like six something. Five two at home. There you, there go. you go. See, Tuggy. Oh, now see. the story is exactly how it should be. Then the boys go, go March, out March and have fun. You it, here's the old thing in the NHL, right? If you're if you're gonna play hard off the ice, you better play hard on the ice. And the boys came because we had to win that game. Remember before that game, it's like boys. We gotta win this game yeah. because if we don't, Jock's gonna hold this over our heads forever. Yeah, we curb you every every road trip. Every road trip, every road trip. Okay, I promised. I don't. I, I know. I don't want to keep you guys long. I promised we would get to. Uh, a Did you know by Ron Tugnut? Because, uh, but I have. I want to ask about Steve Steos, uh, Damien, because you know him well. Uh, also, Tugger, you played with a bunch of guys who are rumored to be coaches. I want to ask about these guys. But here we go. Uh, did you know? And then of course, Tugger, you obviously know this. March 21st, 1991, playing for Quebec. Ron Tugnut stopped 70 of 73 shots en route to a 3-3 tie against the Bruins. Tugnut remains the NHL record holder for most shots faced and most saves made in a regular season game. Wow. Uh, yes. And by the way, uh, the I guy who holds the record for most shots against is... Uh, playoff game, but it is Corpusalo, who is currently an Ottawa Senator goaltender. Yeah. Um, so Tugger, and you also is, had that pl playoff game. Sorry, go ahead. Who's the next one behind Tugger in a regular season game? Do you know? I well, I I had it at one point, but I'll go back yeah. and get it. Is it even <laughs> close? Is it even uh, close? It was recent. Uh, yes, yeah, it's close. Okay. It's recent. Sixty-seven, I think. Yeah. Okay. It was recent too. It's yes. within the last. Five six years, I think. You're probably sweating yes. on Tugger. That guy's gonna get my record. 
But I had to go turn the game on, start watching it. <laughs> Did you? No, I didn't. But <laughs> I just remember hearing about it the next day. That people said that I, my name was on social media and stuff, and that was the reason why, because this guy was taking a run at the, the save uh, total. So, got to protect those records, Tuggy. I know how you feel. Yeah. Do you think that like, that's a pretty good record? That's been a long time, Tugger. Well, yeah, but like, there's a lot of things to do with that. We were bad, and Boston was the best team. And we we're in that little shoebox in Boston yep. Garden. Oh, where, so small. You know, How many shots came from? Uh, come from everywhere. D zone. Yeah, like Raymond Bork taking a slapper from center ice was practically a scoring. Oh. Yeah. Hey, what did Bork <laughs> say to you after the game? Didn't Bork come up to you after the game and say something? Yeah, they they a few of them came by and patted me and stuff, and they're all laughing about the whole game. And you know, Andy Moog ended up becoming my goalie coach in Dallas, and he he brought it up laughing how their whole bench was in tears in between periods laughing about it. And, you know, our, our guys were just, I, my coaches and my GM were like, they didn't have that many shots. They, they didn't have. <laughs> Ray Bork holds the record in that game because he had 19 recorded shots on goal. 19. I thought he had 21, but no, 19 is right. 19. Uh, I ran, just I ran into Ray a few times afterwards and we right away, we laugh about it. And, um, you know, so it's a, it was a it was a fun day. That's oh boy. Well, was it fun at the time? Oh yeah. You're like, oh my lord. Yeah, because I you didn't get an IV after that game. I didn't get shelled and I didn't uh, you know lose. Lose. So <laughs> it's a pretty good day. Uh UC Saros uh recently had sixty-seven okay. shots against, but uh Mario Lassard is second in saves from nineteen eighty-one with sixty-five. So the closest in saves is five, the closest in shots against is by Joe Daly in 1970. Uh, he's one behind. Wow. Did you know? So there you go. Uh, okay, gentlemen, uh, I Rhodes, you played three years, I think, with Steve Steos in Atlanta. By the way, Damian Rhodes, the very first pick ever by the Atlanta Thrashers um, in the expansion draft. Uh, do you know much about Steve? Like, what are your thoughts on him being an NHL general manager? Uh, I guess I... Would have never thought he would be a general manager, but um, I played with Steve in Atlanta. We hung out a little bit in Vancouver in the off season when we were training there. Um, other than that, I haven't seen him in. Have I been retired thirty years or twenty years? 20. I haven't seen him in twenty years. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Thanks for the insight. <laughs> it was beautiful, wasn't it? That went, that went well. Uh, I knew it so was what, a risk, but I want to know. I want to know his path. What's his path? Uh, uh, Wally. Yeah, Wally just he, worked in Edmonton's yeah, front office. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was in Toronto, I should say. No, he was. Uh, Steve started off, so yeah. his history goes back with. So yeah. the current owner, Michael Andlauer, Steve was his uh, general manager, ran Hamilton which is now Brantford in the OHL and um, ended up getting on with the Toronto Maple Leafs in a player development role. I think before that um, worked with Edmonton the last two, three years in the front office. So he's, he's paid his dues. He's, he's worked his way up. He's, and it's, it's, he hasn't been in coaching. It's on the management side. And, and and now he's uh, now he's here as the GM and president of Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Steve, but I'm, you know, I never actually most of the guys I played with, I never never think they'd be in front office. Yeah, it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you played a lot with Sean Donovan 
Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tugger, you played, well, you played for Jacques Martin. And did you play with Gerard Gallant or were you coach? I don't. Uh, Gerard was my coach in uh, Columbus. Yes. And then you played with Claude Julien, I know, in Fredericton, because uh, yep. I watched you both. Uh, Patrick Waugh was another, each. obviously. So do any of them, uh, would you have as your head coach right now behind the bench of the Ottawa Senators? Well, that's a good one. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I, I liked all those guys, to be honest with you. I think that they've all had success and, um, you know, I, I, they're definitely experienced guys, uh, but, you know, I think you, you have to put a staff together too. That's going to make sure that the team can play the right way. And, you know, I think that uh, those are high-end guys, and you know, it's uh, I like them all. Even Patrick, except except for one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't nice to Tuggy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. So, two. so, so two Patrick Waugh is up for the Ottawa job. So, I, I think people would like to perhaps see him as a fan. There's a lot of fans who are vocal about him. I don't know if he's in serious consideration to be the guy. Those are just four guys who have coached in the National Hockey League who are available to be a head coach. Yeah. Biggest name out there right now, guys, is Craig Berube. His his name's getting circled just because left St. Louis won a cup. Um, right. Is Jock has a great strictly interim, or is does Jock want the job? probably question. wants it but it's who knows we're going to probably see how this year plays out uh i think uh time time will tell but from what I, from what everybody hears it's, it's jocks here as interim and then they're gonna can he think could jock go back as an assistant after this do you think probably probably like i look see him going pits. back to an advisor role not an assistant yeah. role could could that, but could he could he, he be though before this jock was with it was advising in kingston he was doing some media uh, but his most recent coaching was he was uh, won Pittsburgh, two cups right? with Pittsburgh as their D coach, one on the New York after that. But yeah, you last guys, time I saw him, he was in Pitt, Pittsburgh yeah. when I was down in Columbus. I went and said hello to him. That was yeah, yeah. 10 years ago. I just know as a defenseman, he would, he, he's so, you guys know, he's so great on the defensive side of things, right? Yeah, like yeah. he just so many, remember the stuff we used to practice? Like it was insane. Like we were so detail oriented. That's why we won, right? Like we did the little stuff. So you guys weren't there yet. Um, the day I got traded to Ottawa, they fired Davey Allison. So um, we, I came to the rink. We didn't have a coach. And I just got traded to Ottawa from Toronto. Um, I'm drive, driving in with Tom Chorf. He goes, we don't have a coach. And then we get, we're, and we're playing that night. We play Detroit that night. And... We get in the locker room, Pierre Goche comes in, he goes, here's your new coach, it's Jacques Martin. He says, hi, everyone, let's, he said, get your gear on, we're gonna have a little morning skate. Go and have a half hour morning skate, guys are coming off. That's the best practice we had all year. M morning skate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike drop. He, he does have a great sense of humor. Uh, best story, that was, that, that's a great Jacques story, just shows up. Did he have the mustache? It was Jacques. Was he mustache guy back then, or did he shave it off? I'm trying to remember. He mustache. He I came in he with the mustache. Shaved it off his second year. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I've known good. Jacques since uh, junior. My first year junior at the yes. Pete's, the assistant coach here. 
And uh, my, my best Jacques story to this day has always been, he always made me go to that goalie school of his out in... Uh, <laughs> Rigo. Yeah, so I'd always go out and do the goalie school. Every year he'd call and goes, Ron, can you come and give me a day? You know, and, and I said, yeah, sure, Jacques, you know. And then all of a sudden, one day I get traded to Pittsburgh, and the next year he goes, uh, hey, Ron, uh, you going to come give me a day? I said, is Tom Barrasso busy? Doc <laughs> <laughs> goes silent on the phone. He goes silent. He goes, "Are you coming or not?" I said, <laughs> so "I said sure." So I said, "Sure, I'll go." The next year, he calls again. Hey, Ron, you gonna come give me a day? Is he busy again this year? He goes, "Are we gonna do this every year?" <laughs> uh, oh, the, uh, <laughs> interesting. You brought up. I forgot. Tom Barrasso. He was the goalie you beat for your first NHL victory. In the National yeah. Hockey League, uh, Mike Eagle scored. I think it was a one nothing game or something. I know Mike Eagle scored in that game when you played for Quebec. Yeah, the um, the goal they scored. I all remember was a five on three by Turgeon. Okay, and then you end up being traded for Tom Barrasso out of Ottawa. So if I were to say Tom <laughs> Barrasso's name, where's it? What's it do for you? Oh, doesn't bother me at all. I think it. At the end of the day, uh, I didn't think it was going to be the best thing for me and my career, my family, to, to go to Pittsburgh, but it ended up being the best thing for me. So I can't can't be too upset about it. I'm going to say going to Columbus was pretty good too, Tuggy. Yeah, that was – but I had to go through Pittsburgh first. in Pittsburgh, they just wouldn't come anywhere near the money that – Columbus offered and I really wanted to stay in Pittsburgh with that team, you know, Kovalev and Yager. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, but at that time in my life, I don't think I was in a position to, to take a lot less to stay. Yeah. I remember Tuggy when you got traded, like it, I think we were in Calgary Yeah, and uh, the time. media, the media was waiting down in the hotel and you found out on, on TSN or something, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, it was after the hour, too. It was after 3 o'clock, so I thought I was safe. And then, like, 3.15, oh, there's another move. You know, and at that time, I was in the bathroom taking a leak, and I heard there's another move, and then I heard it was me. Was Dudley the GM then? No, Marshall Johnson. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was – I was pissed. We were all pissed. Yeah, uh, a shock. That was a shock move for sure. We're trying to get some emotion out again here. Wally's trying to make it again. <laughs> I think that ship was sailed. I, just, I didn't bring it up. I just like that after you guys lost out, Barrasso basically ripped his equipment off, went up and said, sign me now or I'm not coming back. I just thought oh, that yeah. was really classy. He, yeah. he didn't come back for the player meeting uh, or the exit interviews or whatever. He was never around after that. I do remember that. He also gave our camera the finger. Um, <laughs> So he had a broken, he had a broken finger, uh, or an injured hand at one point. And I said to my cameraman in the locker room, I said, "Get a shot of his hand." And as yeah. he, as I did, he just he just flipped me the bird, basically. So yeah, that's I, he's showing his broken finger. Yeah, I guess. Well, he was a kind of a trend with you, eh? Like you were salty back then too, eh? I just doing my job, Yorkie. Salty. Yorkie, listen, Tugger never had any issues with me. It's because he didn't talk. I, well, that's, that's a whole different story. I talked to the media and stuff. Like, you know, I, I was trying to be respectful to them and give them their interviews. And, Listen, we're going to have to do a part. We're going to have to do a part two with you, Bozos. Like, this, we're, there's so much we haven't gotten to yet. The, 
I always had a soft spot for Tugger because I grew up watching him and I said played in Fredericton. So, by the way, Ken Quinn. I really enjoyed playing with Rosie. I think that uh, as a tandem, we were pretty good. I, I, I really enjoyed when he played great because I felt that that inspired me to have to play better. And, um, you know, I think our time together was pretty good and I really enjoyed it. Did you remember the Tugger. 19... The 1998-99 season, when the two of you, like Tugger, you set the modern day record for goals against average at the time at 179. Have you guys looked at your stats comparatively from that season? So, Tugger played 43 games. Rhodesy played 45. Uh, wins tied at 22. Shots on goal were almost like within 50. Like save percentage was pretty close. Like everything that year was so close. And I'm curious, since you split so much time, was there ever any I don't want to say animosity, but were you ever looking over your shoulder going, man, I'm, I'm hoping to get the net the next time or any of that stuff? Because it always seemed that you two got along um, fairly well. Well, actually, we, we really – it was Jock always made the decision who was playing or not, you know. Um, we didn't have any say. I, I never went to Jock and said, hey, I want to, I want to play this game or whatever. So, um, you know, I just always thought players play coach's coach. So, um you know, obviously, I you know, I always you always want to play more, but you know, you just kind of take what your uh, hand is dealt to you. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think that that year, when you look at Wally and even the other years that we played together, I, I think that the team and the coaching staff felt that they could play, play either one of us, and it didn't matter the opponent. Uh, they just felt comfortable with either one of us in the net, and you know, at the end of the day. If, if Rhodes was playing great and I was playing great or, you know, that's, that's the deal. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's the way it works. It was, it was kind of a disappointing year though at, at the end, obviously with yeah. how, how well we played and, and then mm -hmm. we ran into Hashik and we couldn't even freaking score. Yeah. yeah I just yeah. remember Duds practically, it seemed like he was crying outside the locker when I walked by him once. Yeah. The scoring was, that series was tough. You guys, yeah. Yeah, he just couldn't beat Dominic Hashik. Played great. No. How many goals did we score that series? Like three? It wasn't yeah. very many. Yeah, I, know. I, know. I did my job. I had I had one. That was <laughs> Way to go, I Jordan. had my guy. <laughs> that was the year. I just I've always never forgotten. Uh Yash mm. is up for a final of the Hart Trophy at 94 points, but Mike Pekka was on him like a blanket. Yeah. And you guys played mm -hmm. the first two games in Buffalo and it you didn't score no. a goal or whatever it was. And so it should have been in Ottawa. And we asked, I just remember asking going wherever the series switched. I'm like, what are you going to do to get Pekka away from Yash? And Jock just said, it's up to Yash to figure it out. And I mm -hmm. always, that one always bugged me because I'm like, you got to do something. There has to be a way. And then ended up being swept in four. Right. That first yeah. place team being swept. Yeah. 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 You guys were so good. Kind of happened in Toronto a few years later, too. They put course, Shane Corson on uh, Yash. You guys were gone. I was still there. And, uh, I think we got swept in that one too. Shane Corson, an old Shane Corson, shut down Yash in four games. A little I bit of a trend. That's what makes playoff <laughs> hockey different, though, right? If if teams yep. can adjust and adapt, you know, the Leafs have never been able to adjust and adapt, and the other teams make changes to shut down their guys. You have to find a way to, you know, to beat it. And that's when you when you're playing series compared to playing a team once every month, month and a half. It's night and day because the way you, you, you dissect the game and the way you play against the opposition, you have to be able to make changes on the fly. Yeah, yeah. There's my coaching. All right. 
uh, last question before you go, because Yorkie's got to go, is just your quick general thoughts of your playing time in Ottawa, where both of you were very dominant. You're either three or fourth overall all time in franchise goaltending records. Uh, Tugger, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I, I, I think it's for me personally, I'd been in the NHL before that for a few years. And then I went to the American League for a year and I came back to Ottawa. I, I truly believe that's where my career actually started. I think that's where I thought I belonged in the NHL. And, um, you know, I, I, those are my fondest memories. Um, you know, I still love going back there, being at the rink. And, um, you know, I truly love that team that we played with because we did something that, you know, no one expected us to do. And we were young, but uh, we were growing and we were getting better. And I just think the from a team standpoint, it would have been, you know, those first few years with, with these guys here was uh, the years of, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. Rosie? So I I uh, have a little regret. I think I took for granted what we had in Ottawa. And um, when we lost to Buffalo, I was a little salty. And um, I wish someone would have convinced me to stay because, uh, you know, we did have a really good team. Especially as now that I look back as a goalie, you really – you could be great, but if you have great defense, it's just going to make you look that much better. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boys, we appreciate it. Yorkie, I'll let yeah. you close it out. Yeah. Hey, I wish we could go on forever. It's so, uh, it's, Tuggy, we see each other all the time, but get Rosie. Great to see you, bud. I, I really Thank appreciate you, you make, making time to come no on. With us. Last uh, time I was there was in 17, I think, for that. Uh, well, I went to Brad's funeral, but when yeah, I have another alumni thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The alumni game you didn't play in. You, Tuggy had to go out in the freezing cold. You didn't play. Remember Parliament Hill? I too much I ice just, that game. I was Me getting my hips done. And, and Claire, Rosie shows up and we're sitting there going, okay, well, half a game each. This can't be that bad. And Rosie goes, I didn't bring gear. I'm injured. I can't play. Goes, what the hell are you doing here then? <laughs> I, I made a vow that I'll never put the gear back on, too. <laughs> never, never. You get really? Player, get the player yeah. gear out. I uh, do play out now. I play out yeah. every Sunday here. All right. Listen, Talk Rosie. No next, responsibility. You're, I'm bringing you up for one of our alumni games in the future. You can play out, be on Tuggy's line. Perfect. Tuggy's yeah. great hey, guy. as a forward. Toe drags awesome. at the blue line. Yeah, but I'm a lot older and slower now, Wally. Yeah, he's crying. He's when crashing. you saw me, I was fast and in good shape. Not someone. I'm a, <laughs> a stay-at-home defenseman. He's got that little boy. <laughs> is this, little is boy. This non-checking. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. No contact. <laughs> Fellas, okay. uh, thanks again, guys. Eh, we'll right. we'll have to do this. We'll have to do this again. That was awesome. Thanks, please. Thanks okay. See you, boys. Thanks. See, See you, guys. fellas. Bye -bye. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you on Thursday. Take care, guys. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project. There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.